Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ tissue and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. And I'm Nyla Schwab. Coming up on episode 226. We'll be talking to one mom who's on a mission to spread awareness about water safety and hear her reason why. And I'm going to be sharing why it's so important to cry. It's healthy. It's good for us. Okay. All that and more right here. Hang on. On the Gifted Life podcast, we do want to introduce you to our new friend, Heather Broussard. Hey, Miss Heather, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. It's really an honor. It's an honor to talk to you and to learn from you. Today, we want to honor a little cutie named Maisie, and we also want to bring awareness, educate, and promote water safety on this podcast. And I'd like to start, Heather, with you helping us to get to know Maisie. I'm looking at this cute picture with these oversized bows, which are just the cutest, biggest eyes, biggest smile. This was your girl. Yes, she is. She was our third baby. Um, she has two older brothers named Latson and Miles. They're 12 and 8. Um, but Maisie was born um, April 30th, 2019. Um, she was small at birth. She was right at five pounds, a little unexpected, but um, perfectly healthy. And we like to think that she was like our small and mighty warrior from the beginning. You know, even though she was small, she had such a greater purpose. But even till this day, we we could have never imagined what that would look like and what that would be. Um, But just from the beginning, she brought us so much light and joy and love. She really, we thought, completed our family during the time that we were with her was also during a pandemic, which looking back ended up being a blessing because mm-hmm. we had a lot of time together yeah. as a family at home. Her her brothers got to be home for what ended up being a really long summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. We we got to spend a lot of time together and she loved to be outside. She loved music. She loved animals. So we we filled our days doing pretty much everything that she loved to do and that her brothers loved to do. Um, they love sports, so we were often outside at their baseball and football games and just enjoying being together as a family. Um, she was just so pleasant. Her favorite song was Jesus Loves Me. So anytime we would play it or sing it, she would just light up um, and sing along. It was really the cutest thing. Um, but we just loved her and adored her. And of course, still to, to this day, um, we did lose her tragically and suddenly in October, right at three years ago in 2020, you know, here we are now three years later and just, just reflecting on her life. And, and again, I thank you for this opportunity that we can do that. Heather and I knew each other at least a little bit through mutual friends. And she worked at Maddie's Footprints, which we've had on our podcast in the past. And, and of course, we do a lot with them. And, and I know we've worked with you in the past. And that's kind of where uh, I think we got to know each other a little bit. And I heard about the tragedy, uh, unfortunately, at the same time as I was having my own blessing with Blakely. Uh, 
and I found out through our mutual friend, and and it was just a an unbelievably, you know, it was the emotions went from such a high to such a low, in a, a moment, you know, and uh, you know, not to take you through all of that again, but if you can take us a little bit bit back, you know, to, I guess, kind of saying yes to donation, and uh, and what that meant to you in that moment? Joey, I'm really glad you did go there because I think because of our special connections that we had before we were in that critical moment and and facing some really hard decisions that no parent has ever prepared for. You know, I've thought about this a lot, especially recently, you know, how blessed we were to have those connections with Lopa and and working with Maddie's footprint specifically, I got to work with another donor mom who became a friend and has a presence of Acadiana and who has actually started this beautiful organization providing support to families of loss. But really getting to know her story and the power of the impact that donation can give to someone in need of another chance at life, you know, and, and knowing her story, Lopa specifically became such a beautiful platform of hope for her. And it always touched my heart. Um, I immediately became a champion of donation through her, even going back to childhood, knowing, you know, this was something that I would always say yes to. Now it became personal. And this was all before Maisie. So she was actually one of our first phone calls before we left the hospital. Um, I wanted her to be there because I, I didn't really know anyone else that faced such a very similar journey. Her son was very close to Maisie's age. So I knew right away of all people, she would get it. And, and she came immediately. And, and fortunately, that's what led us to the conversation about donation, because before we left, I can't recall, and of course, any any family, especially parents who have suffered such a tragedy, your mind becomes extremely foggy for a while, that especially in those moments, you know, you're really unable to think clearly at all. Um, so even thinking back, it's kind of a blur, you know, trying to remember, was she the one that brought it up or did I? Because I think in the back of my head, I knew Maisie was... Um, first in the ER and then transported or transferred to um, the pediatric ICU and there she stayed overnight. So she was there for almost 48 hours. Um, Can't recall exactly. But I think at some point in the back of my head, I was trying to be mentally and emotionally prepared for um, what could be and and the possibility of, of donation coming up, knowing that this would be important for us as a family. When when she got to the hospital and we were talking about it, she actually informed me that she thought, and, and somewhere in the process, um, and this is all through more friendships than anything, thinking that somewhere along the lines, we might have said no to donation, that whether it was someone in our family, that was not clear, but that, that maybe that had come up and we were choosing to say no. So grateful to God for placing her then, uh, there then in that moment um, because we were able to have that conversation together as a family. We were in her room, Adam, Maisie's dad, my husband, um, Reese, I think one of the nurses, and even the funeral director when she arrived. We were standing in a circle. My husband was holding Maisie. And here we are having this incredibly while it was difficult because no parent wants to have these conversations, 
it was actually so easy. It was very natural for us to say yes, because we knew what the impact could do, that we did not hesitate. We, we wanted to be sure that this was a possibility. Of course, very unsure of what the outcome could be. We knew that if she has a chance to maybe save someone else's life, we know she's a hero to us already, and that this is something that we thought she just needed to do. No, no, no questions asked. You know, how you're bringing us into your story is so inviting. When you talk about Maisie, it is such an honor to get to hear about her. I came into your life, so Joey said he kind of came into your life before the loss of Maisie. I came in shortly after the loss of Maisie, and you and I have kind of kept up with each other over the past three years, and it's been really amazing. I get amazing, surprising, I I don't even know the words to describe it, but how you have brought Maisie forward through this mission and and helping others. And that just takes such a, a tragedy and turning it into hope. So tell us how you have brought Maisie forward with you. Gosh, Nyla, I think back to when I first spoke to you and just what a vulnerable time that was. Um, it really was the starting place of what would become a, an amazing healing journey. Um, so I, I think about that too a lot and, and just any conversations that I might have had during that time and remembering how desperate we all were, you know, even for our boys who were also grieving. Um just for healing and anything that might give us some hope um, to be able to overcome this in a way that would continue to honor her and make her proud, but that we weren't just surviving because there were so many days then, and I say then, like maybe the first six months, that it really was such a blur. And, you know, it was considered, I guess, um, something to maybe an accomplishment of the day if if we're just getting up because there were many mornings where I didn't want to, I didn't want this to be our reality. So to be able to get out of our bed and, and face the day and, and try to be the parents that we still needed to be, you know, that's something I'll never forget because that's really what launched us to try to turn this around and make it something purposeful and beautiful. It would have been very easy to maybe choose a different route. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of what the world tugs it at us, you know, mm. to, to give you distractions, to make them, and I say them, even family members who might be uncomfortable with us grieving and and, and talking about how we're feeling, mm-hmm. um, you know, anything to distract that pain. That could have been the easiest way, honestly. We're still tempted, you know, there's just so many things that, that can pull you away from it, but then you're realizing, well, that's not really healing if I'm choosing to avoid this. So we knew this is something we have to face head on. So I have to just comment on what that looked like for us. And and really, I share these things because I hope more than anything that it might encourage a family that is, is still walking, you know, this out, whether it had been years ago or just recently. And, you know, they're overwhelmed by the despair and, and, and how dark it can be whenever you're facing grief. And and it's not just a child, although I feel like that has to be one of the most difficult losses because it goes against really the natural cycle of life, you know, and when they're younger, you miss out on that much more. 
Um, but I, I just share these things in, in, in hoping that that's exactly what it could give to another parent or another family member um, who has lost. And, and if that's encouragement or hope, you know, whatever that might be. But we, we chose the path of healing and, and going to counselors. Um, I specifically had to um, really walk through PTSD type sessions and therapy to get past the trauma, which that was another added, added layer to our grief. Um, and something that I, I think many people who are grieving deal with to some degree. Well, that's um, a very good point course, because trauma, trauma can just block grief. And yes. so you can't move forward. So t- for you to be so open about that, I think that is very encouraging for yeah, other families. I agree. Yeah. And just to be able to to face it, you know, it wasn't easy. I can think back to those sessions. And I mean, you are really having to face those details that that kept me up many, many nights and, and seemed like I was living a nightmare mm. because I was really the only one with Maisie when our incident happened. I was also living with guilt. And that's such a heavy, mm. heavy burden to carry. Something that I knew that as her mom, that's going to get in the way of honoring her in, in, in a beautiful um, way that, that gives her light. You know, if it's, if it's something that's stealing my joy and taking away from what could be a positive day, I wasn't going to be able to do that for her. And so that was important to me and being, again, the mom that my boys still needed me to be. Mm-hmm. And they needed to see this too, that we're walking this out in a way that um, is healthy yeah. and mm-hmm. it's okay to talk about our emotions. It's it's okay to, to seek healing. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, you know, it will bring us closer together and that's exactly what it did. Um, and then as a result, we were able to really face what we felt like took her away from us and, and start an organization to bring awareness to that specific cause. And that's water safety. And so that's been really special too. A legacy. Yes. Maisie's legacy. So Maisie's mission.net, um, beautiful pictures. Uh, if you'll, you'll visit and you'll get a lot of information, but tell us going into it, why create it and then what you hope to come from it. So we were already aware. And again, this goes back to those connections that we had prior to this tragedy um, of what lack of resources um, Louisiana had to um, bring about water safety awareness and drowning prevention. I was aware of other organizations doing wonderful things um, in other states, specifically in Texas. And in knowing that this is something Louisiana needs and um, just to start having conversations about, um, you know, what can be done. We're surrounded by water in Louisiana, all over um, the state. I'm from North Louisiana, but living in Acadiana and traveling all over, you're seeing retention ponds almost in every new development. Um, at the parks where families visit. In fact, that's really what inspired this because we were often at our local sports complex and there's um, some fishing ponds there that are very accessible accessible to children because there's not a fence that goes all the way around it. And so we just kept thinking how easy it would be for a little one to wander off. Um, you know, a family member could be distracted actually watching um, a soccer baseball game and, you know, Little ones are curious and they're fast. And we just knew that if we can just start bringing awareness to this, 
we can at least start having conversations and let's see where that goes, you know, maybe to just put this out there and, and, and share our story as hard as it could be. We just knew going into the summer of the following year, we couldn't bear the thought of hearing of a similar tragedy happening to someone else if we didn't at least speak up about what happened to us. And that's really how it got started. We were interviewed by several news stations and have now um, every summer since. Um, and now there's signage at a lot of those um, ponds, specifically at this complex that I mentioned. You can see the signs along the, the fence rails, um, which is great to see. I mean, it's, it's definitely a great start, um, you know, just to make parents and caregivers more aware. Oh, the website is, is just beautiful. And I, and I love how you have it stacked. I don't know who, who did the, the artwork, but the drowning prevention, layers of protection. And then you list out add alarms and locks, fences, remove temptation, Coast Guard approved life vest. I mean, you just kind of go through education. I, I think it's incredible that you've taken this tragedy and just took a step back and thought, how can we make it better for others? And, and you're doing that. So many people talk about things, but you're doing it in the midst of your, your grief. So I like how you said you just you just had to start talking, and that led to this. I talk a lot, but mine mm-hmm. hasn't led to anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and it helped that I talked to some of the right people, because I'll tell you that this is definitely not something that we could ever do alone. And we have made some really great partnerships, um, you know, with the city, um, some of the, the people that this is their profession, you know, whether that's instructors or swim facilities, um, even pool companies, you know, it really helps to have those partnerships because they're the ones that are in front of the people to really um, make this that much more urgent. Um, even with pool companies, and you think about them spreading a personal story um, to their clients, we've just learned that that can go a long way. As hard as it is to put that out there, it's one thing to share statistics because they're really alarming. I know we share those on our website, but one out of four children can suffer from a fatal drowning. Um, And that's throughout the country. Um, You know, it's really too high. And in Louisiana, the statistics have always been high as far as the amount of children that drown. Um, Around the time of Maisie, it was in those years from about 2019 to 2021 that there was the greatest increase um, that the state has seen in a long time. You know, and so when we knew that, we knew it was important to also share our personal story because statistics can get lost. Yeah. And like we probably thought, you know, that that's not going to happen to us. Um, But when you hear of, of, you know an actual occurrence happening where you live, you know, it does seem to get more attention. Yeah, you made a connection. Yes, you're making connections. And and I can tell you, Heather, you know, your your story and the and Maisie's mission is certainly had an impact. I know exactly which, you know, ponds you're talking about and I have seen, you know, the signage. You know, my wife, we were looking it's impacted where we were gonna move because when we, we you know Eight months later, uh, when Blakely was eight months old, we were looking to to move into at least a temporary rent house or something until we build. And and those houses were off the table, um, you know, because of because of Maisie and 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 your story and Maisie's story. Uh, and so, the you know the 
the fact that Maisie saved two lives with her donation and and then countless others that are potential out there I truly thank you and obviously thank Maisie for for you know being being the the, the hero that she is and and you taking those steps forward to to continue to tell her story and 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 educate everyone on on things that again that people just take for granted every day well joey thank you um and and that's really the sole reason of why we're doing this you know is to ultimately save lives you know and whether that's little ones or even adults we've been interviewed by even you know adult news reporters who um say that they don't know how to swim you know so if this might encourage them it's never too late to take some lessons and learn because you never know when you might find yourself in that position to maybe save someone's life i also want to thank you for being so honest about seeking support and help for your own healing looking to your family to have your your boys and your husband express themselves and making a safe space for that. That it's okay, yeah. Yeah, that it's okay. And and then and then doing. So many of us can listen to stories, we can be inspired by others, but you did and you are still doing and I think you are such a um a hope and Maisie is such a gift to so many and thank you for sharing her with us and your own story of healing. You might speak on that, but I don't know that grief just ends, but it changes. Yeah, it's true. It has changed. I mean, the, the pain is, is always going to be there, that that void, that emptiness that we feel that um, nothing can, can fill that that space, you know, with, with her not being here with us. And, and it always hurts, especially this time of year as we approach um, the anniversary. Um, but through that healing, you know, that's why it doesn't have to look the way it could have. Um, we, there have been many times, and honestly speaking, that I wanted to give up because it was just too much. It was overwhelming. And um, the thought of me being here and, and, and my daughter not, you know, that, that's, that's hard. Um, I'll thank goodness for our strong faith. That's what, really what's kept us going on those really difficult days. Um, and, and because of that, you know, I do feel that we've had to surrender um, anything we might have known and, and how you could possibly navigate this. Um, we, we really had to surrender that to the Lord. And, and I have to just mention that because I, I know for a fact I wouldn't be standing or breathing um, because there, there were times I didn't want to give up. Um, but I knew the one thing, and I'll just refer to this, and then again, if this might encourage another family that has recently suffered um, such a loss, you know, the thought of getting to see Maisie again and the hope of heaven, even in that, that first week when it was just brutal and, and, and the pain was agonizing, agonizing to the point I didn't want to get out of bed at all, um, you know, having that hope of heaven and, and the thought of seeing her again, that's really what um, just encouraged me, you know, to keep going and until this day. On maziesmission.net, we see that you have listed where you can um, sign up for swimming lessons. You have stats, you have resources. It just looks like a, a one-stop shop for, for help, for guidance, for friends. 
Absolutely. Like I said, I talked about those partnerships that we formed and and continue to um, because that's just what Louisiana needs is more resources and being able to connect um, families to the right person, whatever area they're in. Um, one thing we were passionate about is making sure that there was going to be a certified survival swim instructor in our area. Um, because Acadiana was the only one for a while that didn't have such an instructor. Mm. And this was important to us because um, we looked into it for Maisie and even our boys. And at the time, um, we didn't find someone. And so we knew if there's anything we can do to champion that and, and make sure that now our region has somebody too, because um, Little Ones is early as six months old. You know, so you mentioned Blakely and just imagining, you know, her as an eight month old learning how to self-rescue. It's just such a great thing that now there is an instructor in Lafayette and travels to the surrounding areas that does that. So it's good to see now the state is covered and, um, you know, to cover those resources and, and to make sure that they are available and accessible, even the families that can't afford it. And that's really where we hope to come in if we can um, provide grants and scholarships so that um, any family in need, um, you know, that's not an obstacle for them to receive those lessons. We just want to thank you for coming on. And, and I want everyone to know that's listening that if you'd like to learn more about Maisie's story, story you even have a blog on your website. So you have resources, you have your own personal story on there, and then you have more. So I, I just want to encourage everyone to take a look at maziesmission.net. And we just want to thank you for coming on. Thank you all again so much for having us and just for the opportunity to be able to share about Maisie. It's such a beautiful thing that you all are doing every day. Heather, thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing Maisie with us. Maziesmission.net. What a legacy. Um, we talked about drowning prevention on this podcast before uh, with some of our partners. So spreading the word education is key. That's episode 199, thegiftedlife.org. We hope that you check that out. Heather, thanks for your time. And you're welcome back anytime here on The Gifted Life. time. Time to take a moment for mental health. Yeah, Nyla, I'm very curious to hear about how tears might be healthy for us because we sure had a lot of tears in the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't always know what we're going to talk about. But after this, after we did the segment with our guest, I was saying it's about tears. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get sometimes people get uncomfortable in their tears. And I think that Heather even mentioned that, you know, People didn't always respond to her when she was grieving mm -hmm. the way that that she, the in the direction she wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And she said it would have been easy to probably Shut wipe her te yeah. tears. She didn't say that. But, I mean, that's what I took away, that it would have been easy to stop crying, shut it down, and um, just, you know, grieve by herself. But the thing is, it's, it's natural and mm -hmm. it's healthy. And so, all right, so good therapist, half therapist, right? So I, I was going to a therapist, and she goes, do you cry? And I said, mm, man, if I cry all the time, I don't know that um, I would be able to do my job. And she goes, you need to cry. You have too much heavy stuff. And I said, I don't, I don't know if I can make myself cry. And she goes, oh, yeah, you've got to cry. And so we talked about it for a while. And then um, did I tell you all this? No. Mm -mm. 
So then I just, for like a couple of weeks, I couldn't stop crying. I mean, I just would cry at songs. I'd cry at commercials. So I went back to her and I said, okay, undo what you just did. (laughs) Because I don't know why I'm crying so much. But she goes, it feels good, doesn't it? She unlocked it. Yeah, and it and it does. And sometimes she says, you know, you gotta force, you know, force yourself to cry. Put on a sad song, watch a sad movie, make space, like let some of those tears go. And I thought that was interesting. So I, I kind of, I don't know, listening to our podcast today. I mean, I think we all had tears. Mm-hmm. We did, and and that's healthy. Because I took away when she was talking about her kids watching her grieve and that it was okay to not be okay. We hear that yeah. a lot. Um, and I thought that was a pretty powerful statement from that strong mama. I um, read something that said scientists actually say there are three types of tears. There's reflex, um, continuous, and emotional. The first two, those just help um, lubricate your eyes, keep you away from infection, Uh but it's 98% water. Um, the the emotional cry, don't you feel better after a hard cry? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of just, you just feel better because mm-hmm. it releases toxins. Um, but it also like gives a, a good, the good, the good stuff. The things that make us feel better, those, um, I don't know like all the words for it. Or... Yes, yes. So it really does. It releases things and it gives to us these, it, this it makes us feel better. I mean, that's the only way to say it. Mm -hmm. And so when people say they start to cry, people say, oh, don't give Kleenexes. Yeah, I always give a Kleenex. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like to cry, have an ugly cry without a Kleenex, Mm -hmm. but to just sit. And so I hear in grief so much, people say, let me know if I can do anything. And wouldn't it be nice if people would say that would be great because sometimes I'm just going to need to cry and I need somebody there with me because there's something about it, it actually increases our attachment behavior when you're with someone who cries. It goes through so that, that with you, yeah. It, it, it really it builds relationships. Mm-hmm. It shows empathy, and it just helps, it helps build community. So we need more tears. And there's a lot in this world going on, and mm-hmm. um, we need that space to cry. It's okay. So I, I always tell people it's okay to cry. Okay to cry. We were doing that today for sure. All right, maybe you have a topic you'd like for us to cover here at The Gifted Life. Just email us, info at thegiftedlife.org. It is time for Q&A here on The Gifted Life Podcast. Got a good question to have a great discussion here on The Gifted Life, guys. What if I want to donate, but I'm scared? That is an honest question. And, you know, I think that's probably in the back of a lot of people's head. Um, When I approach families, people would say, I know it's a good thing. But, but we're not going to do it. I just can't. And and so I would say, what what are your fears? And that's where know, I go. Like, let's mm-hmm. have a discussion. Like, did you see something on TV? Yeah. Did you hear something? Like, let's talk about it. Right. And 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 I think that it's searching out. I always say support. Support's so important. And that's finding out different perspectives. It's doing some research. I mean, if you say you think it's a good thing, then I, I would think that that's important to you and there's something that you need to align with to to find out more information because it is important to you Mm -hmm. um irrational thoughts there's tv i mean we just have so many sources out there that we don't know if it's the truth or not Mm -hmm. so we have to go find the truth on things that matter to us and and it's important to get from the right sources you know some uh, you mentioned the fears and the fears could be anything from will i hurt 
Right. You know, will this be painful? And, and will it hurt my loved one? Will it hurt? If they're making the decision. It, yeah. yeah. And, and then and then anything from that to will they save my life or try to save my life if they knew I had a heart of my license? And that's our and biggest myth. We hear that all the and, time. And, yeah. and so and the answer to, to both of those is is no. Um, and, and, you know, from especially I can say from working at least working in the ER, like we never looked at a driver's license. And in fact, you had to, for you, in order for you to become an organ donor, you have, we have to do everything we can from a medical standpoint to keep your organs functioning well. Yeah, to take care of the patient. Which would help you if you did make it or would help someone else if you didn't. Like, there's, there's mm-hmm. not a thought of either or type, you know. So it's important to, to, to educate yourself mm-hmm. with appropriate resources, with, you know, going to our website, going to unos.org. Uh, going to donate life, you know, and and to really educate yourselves on on stuff that's not just there to try to drum up drama, mm-hmm. which happens in social media, oftentimes, or it happens truly, unfortunately, in regular media media as well, and then especially on shows, on movies yeah. and TV series and things, because you know drama is what feeds. Uh, viewers. Yeah. Well, and fear can come from just uncertainty or unknown. And so the more we know about something, a lot of times it reduces our fear. So yeah, right. great points. Make an educated decision. You can start at lopa.org. Maybe you have a question for us. Give us a call. 504-648-3477. Here on the podcast, we honor a hero. Today's hero is Maisie Broussard. We learn about Maisie through her mother, Heather. Heather was here with us today, so this is quite the honor to be able to share Maisie's story. Our beautiful, light, brown, curly-haired little princess was born on April 30th, 2019, and entered the world eagerly at only five pounds. Her strong but ever-so-mighty self was gifted a bold spirit from God. Maisie Leah was on a mission right away to make an impact. After our devastating loss of our 17-month-old daughter, Maisie, in 2020, our family has turned our story of heartbreak into one of hope. We have not only started our own organization called Maisie's Mission to raise awareness on water safety, but we have become even more passionate about educating others on donation. We were fortunate to have been surrounded by other donation advocates, so as Maisie's mom and dad, we knew how important the gift of life is. In the critical moment of saying goodbye to your child that no parent is prepared for, we almost missed the opportunity for Maisie to be a donor. We were told someone said no on our behalf, and luckily we found out before we were nearly discharged from the hospital. We never want our experience to become someone else's and hope to encourage anyone, especially families with young children, to have conversations early about donation. And now we pause and say thank you to Maisie for the gift of life. Episode 226 of The Gifted Life in the books, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can register as an organ tissue and eye donor anytime. Registerme.org. And thank you to Heather Broussard 
a wonderful mom of such a beautiful baby, Maisie, and sharing Maisie's story and advancing Maisie's story and creating Maisie's mission to help spread awareness for water safety. It's, it's just such an important thing, and it's great for her to come on. What a legacy. I enjoyed learning from her today. The best place to find us, and please tell your friends, is at our website, thegiftedlife.org. Listen there and find links to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating. It really helps others to find us. On social media, please like our page on Facebook. It's called The Gifted Life Podcast. You can also follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. Our ask is that you go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. Until next time. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Nyla Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. <laughs> <laughs>